the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black, money. Rob Black. Give me a sec. Turn down my audio a little bit sometimes. Technicals are a little bit too much on me. So anyhow and anyway, um, I don't know. Let's talk money. Let's talk business. Let's talk investing. Uh, it's earnings season. I love this time of year. Um, as we push towards fourth quarter's holiday events, we kind of slow down a little bit, but retail is really important. Today we have an up market. We've got the SP 500 up 11. We've got the Dow up 90. And the NASDAQ up 21. September jobs report keeps fed by market side is the big headline. Market's up 5.4% in the last eight sessions. Impressive that the stock market able to keep its run in place yesterday. But again, it's all about earnings right now and the fact that this is a, just not a lot of headwinds. There's not a lot of problems out there. So next set of problems, probably January-ish. That doesn't mean we go up all the way through January. But there's nothing really dramatic to pull us down right now. New ground was lost. Sellers just aren't selling. September employment report, which covered a period before the government shut down, showed that 148,000 positions were added to non-farm payrolls. This is some pretty hard data to look at right now because it feels incomplete. Unemployment rate has decreased from 73 to 7.2%. We typically talk about this on the first Friday of the month, but government shutdown issues made that a problem. Average hourly earnings increased one-tenth of a percent. Average work week held steady. Labor force participation rate was unchanged at 63.2%. The number of long-term unemployed counted for 36.9%. Job growth clearly tepid. Clearly tepid. Markets have very little reason to think that there's going to be any big change in employment, which means the Federal Reserve probably going to not taper anytime soon. Some people think mid-2014. Some good earnings last night and today. Netflix, Whirlpool, VMware, Travelers, Delta, Kimberly Clark, Report McMoran, all amongst the uh, players who are noticeably hired today. You know, uh, Texas Instruments and Coach, they topped expectations, but, uh, but they also are called lower on future guidance. So those are the top ones out there right now. You know, that's the story. It's, it's earning season, and it's, things aren't falling apart. 
again, we're heavily aided and abetted at this point in time by accommodative Fed, keeping the cost of money low. Uh, the job role of the Don Farm payrolls report, it, it, nothing particularly strong or weak. Consumer discretionary healthcare, industrials, and materials doing well today. Technology, telco, doing poorly as a group. That's like CEO Reed Hastings. He's in the news. Um, stock's up 11 points today. So let me give you some perspective on that because I kind of just blew through that. Um, the stock's had a great year. The stock's had a great five years. The stock's had a great, like, it's tough not to like look at the stock and go, wow. Um, and it's been around since you know, 2000. We've all known about the service. And we've all loved the service. When they brought red envelopes to our house, we were thrilled. Now that they're streaming, i got to say, it feels, as I get older, I'm just less into movies. But I know parents who swear by the service that they, they want to park their kids in front of the TV and come watch Caillou, and that's what Netflix does well. So back in 2009, five years ago, it was a $29 stock. Then in October 2011, it was 185 and then in July 2011, it was 286. And then it fell all the way down to 80 bucks, 60 bucks. But since then, it's gone from 60 to 366 all-time high. Now that should scare you a little bit. Uh, stocks that have runs like that each and every day, you know. Apple's going to have a live stream of today's new iPad announcement. That's good. This whole let's get into an auditorium and release things, it's kind of silly at this point in time. Big product announcement coming up at 10 a.m. Expect a new full-size iPad, a new iPad mini, new MacBook Pros, and some launch dates for some other products. The question I think is, is will they have anything wow? What we mean by wow, we're looking for maybe a keyboard for the iPad, you know, Apple comes up with these products that would go, what's that, a 360 mouse? Never heard of that. We want something kind of like that. You know, faster processors and computers, blah, blah, blah. But it's the updated TV box. We'll have, a, you know, better guts inside of it. We'll be able to stream from your phone a little easier. We'll be able to stream from your computer. We'll be able to stream from the Internet. So... Um, iPad sales have quickly gone down to tubes because the devices are too expensive, so the product announced today are more important to investors than ever. Teach calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Official Instagram Windows Phone app arriving in the coming weeks. Windows Phone is finally getting its official Instagram client. After months of pressure from Nokia, Instagram CEO confirmed that its official client will be available to Windows Phones shortly. So, again, you're starting to see, you know, the importance of the app. I think apps are so important that I think we could honestly say, I think at some point in time we're going to live with the world of apps versus a world of channels. I've got HBO on, you know, X amount of channels. And uh, I'd rather just have an HBO app that I can do explore the world of HBO. So... Netflix, back to them. Well, first of all, yesterday, Yahoo scored a huge hire in David Pogue, New York Times columnist who does a lot of digital work for him, a lot of gadget stuff. 
And Yahoo, when Marissa Mayer got there, she wasn't supposed to bring in content. She was supposed to bring in, you know, uh, eyeballs and, and consistency and efficiency. More of an engineer angle versus a content angle. They had a content person in place. So the results for Netflix, $1.1 billion in revenue. Earnings per share, huge beat on the bottom line. Revenue was up 22% on top line. Subscribers, they added 1.29 million in the U.S., up 11%. They added 1.44 million in foreign. That's a huge hit. They've got more subscribers than HBO. The company is a real threat to the cable model. Netflix is growing even faster than Wall Street thought. So I've got two events coming up, and this is your last week to sign up, Saturday in Walnut Creek. I'd love to see you come out to the Marriott in the morning from 9 to noon. It's going to be Money 101, all things financial, learning how to invest, learning how to do insurance, learning how to budget, learning about your 401K and the importance of it. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's in the Marriott, October 26th, Saturday from 9 to noon. In the afternoon, doing a wealth preservation retirement planning as you're cruising towards retirement or in retirement, we want to make sure your money lasts till the day you die. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's the Marriott this Saturday, the 26th, 1 to 4. Take a break here. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black. I work my butt off trying to show you what's working and what's not working. I think I do a pretty good job of that. I want you to be careful because I think you work hard for your money. There's a lot of income inequality in the United States. There's a lot of people who are struggling to get ahead. There's a term out there, senior financial advisor, and you'd think that that's a pretty good designation if you're a senior. But you know what? It doesn't exist. It's a made-up designation. The only designation I care about is certified financial planner because I think it's the toughest one to get, and it shows that you work in your client's best interest and not in your own interests. One of the reasons I like working with CFP Chad Burton and his slew of financial planners Right now, we got the SP 500 up 14, the Dow up 125, the NASDAQ's up 27. It's a good day. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton and I will be doing a seminar soon. You can learn more information about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's talk retirement risks, Mr. Burton. What's your thoughts? What's the biggest risks in retirement? I think the, the biggest three risks that people in retirement face are taxes, inflation, and uh, Absolutely, healthcare costs. Healthcare costs scare me the most because I'm not the healthiest person. Therefore, I'm assuming I may be draining my retirement accounts a little bit more than the average person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, the problem. I, th- I think that more people realize the healthcare costs. I hope than um, than some of the other issues that really catch people by surprise. So, for example, when you see these online calculators, we've talked about this before. A lot of them are very poor or don't do anything in terms of estimating what your taxes are. And I'm seeing more and more people retire with the biggest bulk of their money where? Retirement accounts. Right. right? So when you pull a dollar out of that 401k, that dollar hasn't been taxed yet. I'm surprised you actually say that because I would imagine that most people's biggest bulk of their retirement assets is their house. No, your house is your biggest liability until you're going to model the sale of the house and live off the proceeds. Well, that, what I'm getting at, and you can disagree with me, we can Indian like Russell to find out the winner. But... Um, <laughs> I, I think most people, retirees that I talk to, and again, I'm Californian, um, 
have a lot of equity in their homes or did have a lot of equity in their homes, and that was going to be their nest egg, not necessarily their 401k. Yeah, so in order to tap that nest egg, you either have to do a reverse mortgage, which it's limited as much as the amount that you can take, you know, what, just under, just under 300000 in California, and, and depending on the location, it could be less. And that is not a huge chunk of change for retirement. So it's going to force you to make that decision, where do you move? Where are you going to retire uh, in order to pay less taxes? What states have less income tax on your pensions? Social Security, if, if you're a married couple filing jointly and one half your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free income, is over $42,000, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. So just can assume your Social Security is taxable income. Different states treat Social Security slightly differently as far as income, or different states treat income for retirees differently. Is that something you ever consider? Well, there's certain states that give breaks to pensions okay. in terms of how they're taxed. Social Security is not going to be taxable at the state level. Um, so... It's it's really an issue of looking at the state. And okay, let me retract the question. Income taxes for states treat retirees differently state to state. Yeah, uh, somewhat. Like um, in the state of California, people that have a still have a mortgage and they pay for long-term care insurance yeah. tend to pay much lower in state income taxes because those deductions will carry forward right over the California return. And property taxes are something to think about in retirement. All these taxes are things that you need to think about. Think about sales tax is egregious in the state of California. Right. And all those things, when you're trying to do your projections on your own for retirement, which is a, the biggest life-changing event that you'll have, if you don't have a very detailed cash flow statement that includes your estimate of taxes, including figuring out how changing changes in tax laws. Taxes are going to go up in the future. We can't survive as a country unless the budget deficits are dealt with. But senior citizens will have a free ride because they vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, with that said, I think the first 10 years of retirement more expensive for taxes and inflation, and the last 30 years of retirement, i.e. 70 to 100, more expensive for health care. Is that part of your formula at all? That like Once you hit 70, you're not moving. Most Americans aren't moving around. They're watching Jerry Springer in their trailer, sipping on their you know one glass of uh, booze a day, and uh, <laughs> just waiting to die. They're waiting, <laughs> they're waiting for Jesus to come. Is that what you picture retirement as? <laughs> That's what I see retirement as for a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, a lot of times if people are way behind, they need to focus on increasing their ability to make money versus trying to pick the right stock. And My mom's a shut-in. Yeah? Yeah, she, I mean, she doesn't get out except for when her kids pick her up. Oh, it's a big life-changing event. Some people need counseling to move into that next transitional life. So it's, you know, here, here's the deal. Taxes, you tend to pay less in taxes the first several years of retirement because you're not paying for FICA, right? That's right, right. that's right out of your paycheck. Um, but going into retirement, a lot of people spend more money in the first few years because of the, all the travel and the buying for right. the retirement home, the motorhome, things like that. That all has to be figured in. And you got to realize inflation cuts the value of a dollar and a half every 20 years. Okay. So healthcare costs, those are going up at 5 to 6%. So inflation is the other big risk we've talked about before. Um, healthcare, though, this is the big one that people forget to put in their projections. Let's say you retire at 60. You're on your own, no Medicare, till 65. Right. That's a huge cost. Anything else that we need to know? Um, you know, don't retire unless you have a detailed plan. A okay. detailed plan that includes a long-term cash flow, long-term projection on, cash, on your taxes, and a very detailed look at inflation. 
You can meet Chad at the upcoming seminar to learn more about that. Go to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We do wealth preservation, retirement planning seminars all the time in the Bay Area, as well as some Money 101s on occasion. Find out more at robblack.com. You can find Chad at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So markets just continue to rip off impressive gain after impressive gain after impressive gain. Even though we're seeing headlines like payrolls in U.S. rise less than forecast, jobless rate falls. So when that happens, when we're not adding people to payroll and the jobless rate falls, it's telling you something's fishy going on there. People aren't working. They're dropping out of the workforce. It's not a good number. Got two events coming up this weekend. Saturday, it's my last Saturday event of the year, probably ever, maybe one more. I keep saying I won't do them, and then I just I get roped back into them very, very few a year now. Uh, in Walnut Creek, doing a Money 101. If you want to learn how to accumulate wealth in the morning, go over 20 basic concepts. I go over some uh, diversification themes. I go over history. I show you a little bit of what I'm personally doing and why. Um, typically, I bring a special story or two as well. CFP Chad Burton's there. He does the afternoon event. I do the morning event. We should help each other. We answer all questions. He's doing a wealth preservation retirement planning. Walnut Creek at the Marriott. You can find out more information about either of these events at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Apple preparing a 65-inch TV for release in 2014. Interesting. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Taking a look at uh, various stories out there at this point in time. Seeing what's working on Wall Street and why. It's just, it's stunning. Uh, the rise of Netflix, and they're kind of living up to the growth, but even their CEO says, our stock price is starting to worry me. Smart thing for a CEO to say. The SP 500's up 12, the Dow's up 109, the NASDAQ up 21. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, market analyst. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Rob, I'm doing fine, thanks. Um, first thing I saw this morning in your column was markets, it's, it's, it's way outperforming. Um, it's on a big tear. What do you make of this? Yeah, um, well, kind of almost the, the words blow off top come into mind. Um, okay. I, you know, could be early on that, but uh, the reason I, I th- thinking in those terms and moving more in that direction is that you take a look at kind of what, all of the commentary is now, right, is that it's kind of like the path is clear for the market at least until January. Um, you know, the Fed's not going anywhere. We got the you know, budget and debt ceiling stuff that is um, basically been forestalled, and so it's not an immediate hurdle for the market like it was maybe perhaps just a few weeks ago. Um, and you're just getting some really just unbelievable uh, blowout moves in some of these companies that are reporting earnings. And you mentioned Netflix earlier, and, of course, 
the move in Google was astounding. Um, you know, to go up a, a stock of that size, a $300 billion market cap company going up 14% in a single day is no small feat. And it reflected kind of a more of a melt-up mentality than a, you know, where I think a lot of uh, investors are sitting there saying, i got to get in on this. Um, I'm going to miss this next leg higher. The market is not going to break, and I don't want to be, you know, left at the station. Um, and take a look at some of the sentiment surveys that are now creeping up uh, into those bullish realms that suggest, you know, maybe in the near term anyway, the market could be due for a pause. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of... Uh, uh, overt bullishness right now, which is something uh, that's driving the market, but at the same time is a little bit concerning. Melt up and missing the market. There was also some people who were completely out of the market because they thought that the government shutdown was going to bring that big correction that never came. I try to just stay consistently invested and not worry about melt ups or meltdowns per se. Um, but don't you feel kind of bad for people that, that make the bets and they're the wrong way? Because now they're in a lose-lose situation. They're either chasing and then the comeback, pullback's going to happen, or uh, they continue to wait for the pullback that doesn't happen, it seems. Right. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, if you even just you know go all the way back to 2009, I mean, the market has you know risen about 100 and what 70 percent, I think, off the lows. Um, and that same argument would have applied for a lot of people throughout the entire bull market. You know, where they're uh, sitting there thinking that this is is definitely artificially supported, and you know, the economy is not doing well, and and you know, all those arguments would have been valid, but. At the same time, you know, they missed a major move up because, you know, liquidity is a is an unbelievable driver of the stock market at times. When the Fed is easy, uh, there's enough people who believe in that mantra that you don't fight the Fed, and, and that's driven, you know, the market up, you know, to these new all-time highs. Um, you know, the message in our market view is consistent with what you were saying, Rob. I mean, you don't try and, like, time these things. You stick with your investment protocol, right? And while, you know, I express some concern about the level of complacency in the market, I do appreciate the fact that this market can stay overbought for a lot longer than, you know, many people think, especially when the Fed is, is driving things. And so our message has been simply to stick with those systematic investment plans, continue to reinvest your dividends. But if you're sitting there and you have to discretionary cash on the sidelines, you don't necessarily need to be thinking you've got to be in, you know, all in at all costs right now out of fear of missing out another, you know, big leg higher because, um, you know, the writing is on the wall that the Fed, while it might not be pulling out here in 2013, it is going to begin tapering those asset purchases either out of necessity or because uh, the data set, you know, tells them to. Um, and that could be a real source of disruption in, in 2014. But for the time being, the market's quite myopic, and it's just, you know, rallying on what it knows now, and what it knows now is the Fed's not going away uh, until the end of the year. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare, talking a little markets, marketanalystbriefing.com. I don't know if this is a full-fledged question, Pat, so forgive me if it doesn't come out correctly, but the 90s were great because there was a lot of Internet going on, a lot of productivity, a lot of uh, high-paying jobs were being created. Uh, the 2000s seems to be feeling, you know, accommodative monetary policy a little bit different than the productivity gains. What should be our next strength fundamentally? What should be our next thing that we could actually hold on to and say, uh, market's going higher because of this? Right. 
Well, you know, it, fundamentally, it should be uh, strong quality earnings growth, you know, not earnings growth that's driven, um, you know, primarily by lower tax rates and share buyback activity, uh, you know, things of that nature. What you want to see is top-line driven uh, earnings growth because, you know, accelerating top-line or sales is a reflection of stronger demand in the, in the broader economy, and that's you know, been a missing element or it's certainly been a defining element that suggests that the economic recovery we have seen off the 2009 lows uh, has not been that robust. Um, and, of course, you see that in the GDP reports time after time. So we need that, uh, that next driver, if you will, to uh, the fundamental driver anyway, to be uh, embodied in really quality earnings growth. Um, and that may be difficult to come by because, you know, we talked about before, you have profit margins that are already at, you know, record highs. The Fed is likely to be pulling back on its asset purchases, uh, you know, in the next, say, six months. And, uh, and interest rates have a lot more room to go up than to go down. And we already saw with the initial move up, it clearly slowed down the pace of uh, activity in the housing sector. And so there are going to be headwinds out there that's going to make that, uh, that strong top-line driven earnings growth tough to come by. And you just have to wait and see how things unfold here. But that would be one factor that could help turn the tide, if you will. Um, another one is, uh, is ironically enough, uh, improvement in Washington, D.C., right? Um, you know, the Fed has long talked about the uh, the headwind of fiscal retrenchment, and if, you know, uh, knock on wood, you know, if Congress can actually get something done toward meaningful budget, you know, reform uh, that sort of removes that element of the fiscal headwinds, you could then see the market um, – Respond well, but again, it's a really touch and go situation because if the, if if Congress follows through and does something favorably from a fiscal standpoint, the corollary is that that means that the the Fed is going to more than likely start scaling back its asset purchases, and we just you know uh, it's, we don't know how the market is likely to react to that if it has the the you know the favorable fiscal factor but being offset by what has been the clear driver of the stock market for the last four years. And um, right now we're not thinking it's going to take it uh, in stride uh, like many would hope it would. So uh, time will tell, obviously, but uh, those are some things to, to think about here in the next uh, six to nine months probably. A topic that I haven't really talked much with you about is the argument or theory of the haves and the have-nots. I try to stay in touch with people under 35, uh, the millennials. They're putting off marriage, they're putting off kids, they're putting off buying a house. Um, their salaries seem to get them by. They party pretty well. Um, are you at all worried about the haves versus the have-nots, the income inequality? It seems to me like people are getting rich as fast as they've ever gotten rich, but it seems yeah. like people are getting poor faster than they've ever gotten poor. Thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, there's there's certainly um, something there. I mean, the you know, income inequality is a, uh, I guess, a destroyer, if you will, of, of social cohesion. You know, the more attention that is paid to how how much wealthier the wealthier have gotten, the more it plays out into the mainstream through all these social media connections about how, um, you know, people like you say, the millennials who are you know struggling to get going here and and. And, and forming households and, and, you know, saving for retirement and all of that, uh, it engenders kind of a, a spirit of um, dissension almost. Uh, and, um, and everyone 
uh, you, you see a, a breakdown in the social fabric that, you know, makes the country great, you know. Um, so it's clearly an issue. Um, there has to be some way to help promote the the progression of these millennials and the generation below them and even really anyone uh, above them because you have you can see in the employment report that we got out today um, I mean the long-term unemployed uh, you know is still not a great situation I mean it accounts for 37 percent of the unemployed people who've been out of work 27 weeks or longer one out of about seven people is either unemployed or underemployed and uh, so it, it's a clear sign that uh, something needs to be worked out here to help promote um, you know those people who are not doing as well obviously as the you know upper classes and and in the end that should lead to I think better cohesion from a societal standpoint uh, that makes a country stronger really so um, maybe it's a little bit of my personal editorializing but um, I think that that's something that's going to be a major issue here politically uh, you know over the next few years certainly uh, as these clear divergences uh, continue to be reported on and, and are obvious to, uh, to so many people. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief at Market Analyst with Briefing.com. Top-notch analysis, insights in the market. Briefing, non-biased. Love the site, love the research, love the commentary. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. S&P 500 starting to turn from a, a blowout roof, blow off top. Looks like it's pulling back a little bit this morning. Doesn't mean we're going to close higher or lower. S&P 500's up 7, the Dow's up 71, the NASDAQ down 2. One of the first things I said when I was talking to the market analyst at briefing, Patrick O'Hare, was I woke up, read your report, Inside his report, one of the very first things he notes is we're up 5.4% in eight sessions. That's un. He, he was blown away by how much uh, Google was up in one day. I'm blown away by how much the market's up in eight sessions. That's a lot. We're at record high, closes on the SP 500. It's nice, but you know what? You don't get a medal, you don't get a trophy. What you want to do is get to age 60 and have enough money to last till the day you die. Record years, record closes don't mean anything. Unless you're involved in the market, you're rebalancing, you're always being smart. 
one of the things I tried to teach you is how to be smarter with your money. Some days I'm really goofy, and, you know, it, it doesn't sound like I'm being smart, but I, trust me, I'm building smart into the segments. Um, some days I'm mean, and I understand that, too, that some people don't like that. They feel like, why you got to go there? Why why you got to pick on people? Because, for instance, I got contacted by a friend that I used to work with 10-plus years ago, and he has a friend who um, wants him to invest in a company. It's publicly traded. I'm not going to bring up the name of the company, but let's put it this way. It sells for half of one penny. It's a penny stock. This company has a concept of energy efficiency. I have no interest. I looked at the financials. I looked at the disclosures. Um, it is public trade, so there's some public information. The company's revenues are jokes. Their losses are huge. I'm not going to say the word mafia, but there's something not right about it. It's got a great story. That's where people get into trouble. Half a penny, wow. I can make millions of this hits for me, right? Um, I'd be very, very cautious. So they're borrowing money, shareholders are selling, their account payables are climbing, their crude salaries are climbing. Um, it just, everything in it looks negative. Everything in it looks negative, except for the story. The company issued 59 million shares at a value of 16 cents. They issued 32 million, 29 million. Um... Their total losses have climbed from 3.9 million to 4.8 million. So he says, "What do you think about it?" I said, "It's a piece of nothing, crap. It's, it's not going to work. It's a pipe dream. It closed at an all-time low yesterday. It's had you know five straight years of closing at lows. It's changed their, their name of their business. It's called the development stage company. Where if it works out, I'm going to look like an idiot." But at half a penny, why doesn't he just wait till it goes to ten pennies? He's expecting it to go to multiple dollars. Why not wait till it goes to fifty pennies? You know, sadly, this is a true story. And that's where the tragedy really comes in. Is my friend has worked his whole life to accumulate a little bit of a nest egg. And one of his friends is like, Come on, this is this is the way to do it. You know, this is the way to our, our future. And no, it's not. There was a company called International Automated Systems back in the late 90s that had ran an ad. And they're like, we have the best CEO. He's from Lucent. We're going to come out with this telecommunication product in July that changes the world forever. Um, and, you know, that was a time where we were bandwidth constrained. We are still using, I'm not saying dial-up modems, but it kind of felt like that. DSL and cable modems were kind of still fresh. Oh, where do I go with this one? You have to be very cautious. That was a company that International Automated Systems that people thought was going to be something special. People thought it was going to change the world. It didn't. You know, I still see that the company's still publicly traded on the pink sheets. It's never done anything. 
You know, their CEO didn't have product that changed the world, or if he did, he didn't have the ability to put it in companies' hands like Cisco's. So watch out for companies that have great stories, but their stock prices are in the pennies. Please? And yeah, tough love is the way I, I roll. It's, it's okay. I'd rather you know where I'm coming from than sit there and go, hmm, I wonder if he likes me. I made him laugh on the radio. I'm so, no, don't worry about me. Worry about you. I'm worried about you. So, got two events coming up this weekend. Walnut Creek, the Marriott, doing Monday 101 in the morning, teaching people how to make wealth. In the afternoon, doing your wealth preservation retirement planning. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I like doing these events. To me, they're always great to get in front of you. I want you to reduce risk. I want you to learn tax reduction strategies. I want you to learn estate planning tips, portfolio structure. Um, you can go to robblack.com. It's robblack.com to learn a little bit more about the events coming up this weekend, Saturday, Walnut Creek. Give me a few hours of your time, and uh, I'll take you far. Don't forget to listen to CFP Chad Burton's new Focus on Wealth show every day, Monday through Friday from 1 to 2. You're on AM 1220 KDOW. Take a break here. Come back with Hour 2 in Uno Momenteros. I'm Rob Black. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Hour two. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Markets are up. It's nice to see the SP 507. We got the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 65. We got the NASDAQ up 4. Bank of America's up. Facebook slightly down, but that pushed to $53 yesterday. Nokia closing fractionally higher. EMC is a little lower. Kind of got a mixed bag. Um, Apple down slightly now. They're going to be refreshing their product in a couple hours. One of the things that they're going to do is they're going to stream it on the Internet, which would be interesting. Expect to unwrap new versions of their iPad. Text is lower. Um, company reported a drop in profit and a weaker than expected outlook. EMC lower. They cut their full-year outlook. Netflix jumped 8% earlier, but now it's down 4%. Huh, right? Like, come back. Um, very expensive stock. Very priced for perfection. With that said, it was a pretty good quarter. Uh, you know, some of the takeaways I got for you. Fourth quarter guidance, um, pretty wide from Basically, 47 cents to 73. Subscribers, they expect to add another 2.05 million. They expect to add another 1.3 million additions foreign. 
basically a huge validation of CEO Reed Hastings' business model. The show House of Cards and Orange is the New Black are top-notch. Games won an Emmy. He's got more subscribers than HBO. Company's real threat to the cable model. Netflix growing faster than what Wall Street thought. New subscribers in the U.S., 1.29 million, up 11%. Uh, they added 1.44 million foreign. That's a massive beat. The revenue beat up 22% year over year. Their earnings beat. So at some point in time, everyone in America who wants Netflix will have Netflix. A little bit of a problem. The nice thing that Reed Hastings has up his sleeve is the ability to raise prices, the ability to come up with new franchises. What if he were to say, I'm coming up, I'm going to go to NHL, I'm going to go to MLB, I'm going to go and I'm going to start my own sports channel. There's really nothing stopping him. And then at that point in time, maybe you can get a bundle of movies or maybe you just want children's programming. Maybe he's the guy that's willing to offer it to you a la carte and not the cable industry. So it's a fun one to watch. J.C. Penney's announced a revised partnership agreement with Martha Stewart. They're trying to get that legal dispute with Macy's under control. Discover Finance reported third quarter profit of about 21 cents short of expectations. The credit card issuer's results were impacted by an increase in money reserved to cover defaults. TJX, nice company. Um, to me, they're a nice company because they sell pretty good brands at discount prices. And people always want that feeling of, hey, I'm getting something. Even if my, I'm trying to make my money go as far as it can go. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick and co-chairman Brian Kelly. They hold more than 25% stake in the video game maker. That follows completion of an $8.2 billion deal to buy back most of the shares held by Francis Vivendi. It's a lot of insider ownership. QEP Group. They've got hedge fund manager Janet Partners as its largest shareholder, according to... Uh, SEC filings. That's interesting to note because they're a big oil producer. So this is kind of what we got today. Um, as you can see, it's it's a positive day. Uh, there's rumors out there that Apple's preparing a 65-inch TV. This is according to a very specific research group, Advanced Research from Japan. It looks like Apple's preparing a 65 and a 55-inch TV. Uh, some of this is being named at this point in time. So we're starting to get closer and closer to it. And $2,500 and $1,500 looks like the price points. That's nothing. I'd go out and pay $1,500 for a new 55-inch TV. Quickly. I don't know if I have a wall big enough for a 65-inch TV. Uh, but maybe I'll make a new wall. Apple's upgrading some top-selling products today ahead of the shopping holiday season. So it'll be an event today. It'll be streamed. And, you know, if you've never seen anything like that, I would recommend you watch it. It's it's show. It's not much else. So, ultra-high-definition sets use conventional LCDs that offer resolution rivaling that of more expensive organic light-emitting diodes. So, Samsung, LG, um, Corning. Corning could be a big player in this story, in large part. Um, they do Gorilla Glass. So, again, I'm not trying to hype. I really don't care. Just trying to talk, talk you through some of this. Uh, the Obamacare 
website crash is interesting to know. It's going to be interesting to see how the first year plays out. The people that do sign up, are they the sickest? Are they going to cost health care costs to go up? <clears throat> because the healthy people are waiting as long as they can. And quite honestly, the penalty in the first year, if you don't have it, is, is small. A lot of people won't be able to afford it. So they'll say, you know what, I'll just take the penalty. But the fact that the site's been plagued by software bugs, it's too early to say what the ramifications will be, but it was clearly a, a IT meltdown. Website flaws made it harder for people to enroll. And that could, you know, say, look, I tried. I'll try again next week. I'll try again next month. I'll try again next quarter. The failures may discourage young, healthy, web-savvy consumers whose participation is critical and crucial to offset the risk of insuring older, sicker people to keep the program sustainable. If they can't get it fixed for most people by mid-November, then you start raising questions of who's actually going to enroll and what some adverse effects are. So I think that's real interesting to watch. Um... If healthcare costs soar, the Republicans are in a sweet spot for saying, we told you so, during the 2014 elections. It's pretty important. So I've seen some of these studies coming out that basically say the Republicans get routed for what happened in the government shutdown as far as popularity. And again, we're still 12, 13 months away. Way too early. But it's interesting to watch. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We're doing two events this weekend in Walnut Creek, Saturday. Um, if you're wealthy, the afternoon events for you from 1 to 4. Talk a lot of estate planning, talk economy, talk some concepts, diversification, drawdown strategies, inflation expectations, medical care costs, budgeting issues. In the morning, it's more of a money 101, which is for creating wealth. I look at two types of people, people who create wealth and the people who manage it. I think it's critically important that you grasp that concept, that you're one or the other. And congratulations, once you've created enough wealth that you can start managing it. Um, so these events are good. They're two to three hours. Questions are answered. You bring a copy of your portfolio and leave it with me. I'll have a CFP and myself review it and get you some notes on it. So the more information you give me, like your name, your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your goals, your experience, your suitability... Do you max out your 401k? Do you plan to? Do you have kids? Do you have special needs? The better. Financial planning can't be done on the radio without you know, getting to know someone. Because we're all different beasts. You can sign up for these events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You might remember this from your deep, deep, deep childhood. 1986, Sledgehammer. Um, it was kind of a number one type song in various markets. 
you're a real big international type singer. Some people, not his thing in the United States. I've always been a big fan. Music video won a lot of awards, nine MTV awards, which I believe is still a record. 1987 MTV Video Music Awards. Uh, one of the things that I liked about it was listening to it uh, on my Sony Walkman. I know. There was a day when we have these big contraptions that we would put cassette tapes in. There was a day that we had these big contraptions that we put CDs in. The music stood very much so, like, to me, 1960s soul music. Uh, music made by the Memphis label Stax. Distinctive horn track was actually uh, the Memphis horns. Um, the song featured, you know, a flute, <laughs> uh, a sampler. It was his first uh, number one hit in the United States. It replaced Invisible Touch, which Genesis, which was his former band, had been the group's only U.S. number one hit the previous week, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, the video was great. You know, there's been tons of covers of the song. I bring it up uh, as kind of radio history, and I need to talk a little bit about Sony Walkman. Today, Apple's getting ready to come out with a product that's going to be pretty damn cool. And Sony went bad. Uh, their research and development never figured out the next step. When I was growing up, Sony speakers and Sony Walkman and Sony tuners were the must-have. Apple II will give way. The question is, can they build enough of an ecosystem to support themselves in the future? Because smaller, cheaper, faster is catching up with Apple. Their iPads have gone from 60% market share to 30% market share in just one year. One last thing about um, Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer was, I don't even remember this, I've got a very odd memory. Um, they say most people remember things in a linear manner. I, I remember things in an emotional manner. Uh, where I was in my life when things happened, per se. Uh, but Rush Limbaugh used it as bumper music. And you know he made controversial comments about Sandra Fluke. And Gabriel asked the program no longer to use his music, which I think is just awesome. Um, when artists basically step up and go, you're not really what I believe in. Speaking about believing in, there's a, uh, an author named Gerald Minnick. Yeah, he was Morgan Stanley's global chief equity analyst, and he basically was required readings in many circles of the world. He stepped out of that role, and he set up a business, Minnick Advisors. Um, he wrote a note about income disparities in the U.S. over the past century, and his message was very, very clear. Uh, the last time investors and workers saw earnings the strong in disparity was the 1920s. And that ultimately led to a crash in the stock market. He wrote, inequality has not risen because the rich got richer faster than the poor. It's increased because the income gains of the past 30 years have gone to the top 1%. Average income for the bottom 99% is now unchanged in real terms over the last four years. The rising tide did not lift all, all boats. It just floated up a few yachts. He outlined a couple trends, including how pay for full-time workers in the finance industry has risen in line with the level of combined public and private debt. 
he explored a lot of effective tax rates are at their all-time lows, especially when looking at total profits as opposed to U.S. domestic profits. And he basically drew a conclusion that I think is interesting to know. Favorable? The trends have all been favorable to the owners of financial investments and for people working in the investment industry. It hasn't been this good since the 1920s. This cycle, like the 1920s, could have ended in depression. Instead, aggressive policy response of central banks seem to have added another leg to the cycle. Pushing these trends to historical extremes may start to cause problems for investors. He's a smart guy, and I'm not going to ignore that statement. I'm not going to live by it, but I'm certainly not going to ignore it. I am a little worried about the millennials. I am a little worried about my mom's Social Security. Because I know it's a ridiculous system. I know that when it was dreamed up, she was dead by this age. So it wasn't meant to last this long. So the App Store is another concept that I keep talking about. The app. The smartphone. The smart TV app. It's going to be tied towards smartphones and tablets. You keep hearing about the second screen experience. It's becoming more and more rich. Next logical destination for big profits is the TV and set-top boxes. Smart TV apps will represent yet another threat to the struggling pay TV industry. We all hate cable. We hate it. I love certain aspects of it. Live sports, awesome. The video on demand, great. But overall, we all pretty much hate it. There's some 800 million pay TV households. The average person still spends more than four hours per day watching TV. TV also represents the majority of worldwide ad spending at $350 billion. We want innovation. Consumers want it. TV's right for app-led innovation. The devices are there. The smart TV revolution will not just be led by new TVs with built-in Internet connections, but set-top boxes like Roku and Apple TV, which transform traditional TVs into smart TVs. Operating systems and app stores, they're there. So it's in place. Apple, Google, Amazon, Samsung, they're all in place. TV adoption amongst younger people who only have Netflix for their entertainment, it's still there. It's growing. People like me are dinosaurs who are still holding on to their cable subscription. We're slowly dying. Cable offers a lot of content, too much content. And for me to look at, you know, I probably watch what, let's say, two show, three shows a week. It's 12 hours, right, a month. Then I probably watch some sports, probably 10 hours a week. So now I'm up to 40, 50 hours, and my cable bill's really high. So I'm paying a lot for that content. I can pay a lot less. Like the NHL games, I could pay, get a package, and if I could drop all my TV and just use Netflix and Hulu, I'd be saving $120, $130 a month. Big event coming up in Walnut Creek this weekend. Doing a wealth accumulation in the morning, doing a wealth management in the afternoon. You can sign up for either event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. So come up to Walnut Creek at the Marriott. I'd love to see you. Bring your old cell phone and get in for free, but drop me an email so I can send you a free code. Take a break here. I'll be right back.
Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and Radio Station. Black and money on my black talking all things financial. Yesterday I pulled a couple reports on Facebook. Got an email from someone who said, you know, hey, what's your price target on Facebook? I own Facebook and I don't really have a price target on Facebook. I feel that it's a little bit too early. If I use metrics that are common in the industry, I would say it's much lower than it is priced at today. If I use metrics based on assumptions that they're not going to be static, that they're going to be dynamic, that they're going to introduce new product, and that ultimately they're going to find a way to keep younger people on the site, I think it moves considerably higher. If you want a copy of these reports, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Something that I'll talk about a little bit this weekend at the event in Walnut Creek, the seminars, the wealth accumulation, the wealth management. I own Facebook. I'm still accumulating my wealth. I don't think it is a smart idea for someone who's, who's managing their wealth. It is a very small portion of what I am worth. To me, it keeps me in touch and kind of makes me babysit the company. Um, I'm intrigued by what Facebook is. It's basically ubiquitous with teenagers, more so than Apple. Now, I'm also concerned because I remember being bullied as a kid, and Facebook scares me. We keep hearing about, you know, a girl who drank too much and pictures got posted on on the Internet. Bullying used to go from, like, you know, lunchtime to 2 o'clock, the bell would ring, and then you'd come home and be safe in your home. Now it's 24-7-365 with social media. I don't post a lot online. I don't want people to know my private life. Um, I think that's crazy what I see some people post. I'd rather you get a six-pack of beer and get to know me that way. That may be something you're interested in. It may be something you're not interested in. Maybe you want to see the fact that I'm wearing a Niners jersey. Woo! I think anyone who wears... Jerseys of other teams are kind of off base. S&P 500 up 5, Dow's up 58, NASDAQ down 2. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. I got an email recently, Chad. Uh, 51-year-old guy, no children, $40,000 in his 401k, $80,000 in an IRA account, so $120,000 at age 50. Um, an emergency count of $20,000, and he wants to know, does he need a CFP? 51 with $120,000. I think that maybe a a career advisor might be a little bit better, because you're in a situation where I get those emails a lot too, Rob, and they're like, okay, what what fund should I go in? They give me the the safest growth-adjusted return or risk-adjusted return for the long run. That's not your situation. Your situation is is you're going to be working until you're 75 years old. So make sure you're in a career that your body can handle until right. you're 75 years old. And 
that might mean, you know, instead of taking the next $20,000 to invest, maybe get some retraining and get some get a career move. I know. It, I get emails like that, and I, it's almost insulting to send back an email saying, you don't have enough to retire. You're probably not going to ever retire with the lifestyle that you see in the lifestyle of rich and famous. Get a better career. He's 51, Chad. Yeah. He's been working for 30 years, and now we're telling him to get a job. It's that type of plan B situation where, okay, either it's reverse mortgage time, either it's move out of the state. It could be out of the country. A lot of people are moving out of the country to get cheaper cost of living. I wouldn't mind moving to Thailand and having a little Thai, Thai woman walk on my back every day. There you go. Yeah. A little Thai massage action. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some rules of thumb in retirement. What do we need to know? Um, I think one of the, the worst rules of thumb that I see out there is you're going to spend less in retirement. That, that's true in your 70s and 80s. So a lot of people have a rule of thumb that they think they're going to spend less. Yeah. The, the old one was you're only going to need 70% of what you had when you were working in retirement. And the first couple of years, I see people spend more because of the vacations, the purchasing of the motorhomes, the second homes, uh, going to see the grandkids, that, that type of thing. You're, you're, you're doing the honey-do list and the fix-up of the home. Um, or you're doing the, the, the travel bucket list, you know? So you, you might spend a little bit more in retirement. Um, the other one is that tax, taxes will be cut in half in retirement. I'm not seeing that because more and more people are retiring with the bulk of their savings in 401Ks. Yeah. So they're, they're actually underestimating their taxes in many cases, and, and we're in a situation where as the economy approve, improves, taxes will probably go up, and some benefits will probably be cut. Gotcha. So I, I would not estimate taxes being cut in half. You do need a very detailed financial plan, that, you know, so you know what your taxes are each and every year in your in your retirement income plan. And uh, the biggest one too, or one of the biggest ones, is healthcare is free. You know, I'll admit, at one point in my life when I was younger, I thought seniors got free healthcare. Yeah, I thought that's what Medicare was. Yeah, I thought we were given free healthcare to retirees, but it's not. I still talk to a lot of people that don't realize, or nor do they have a plan. They're retiring at 60. They have no idea what they're going to do from 60 to 65 for health care costs. But even after that, if you, you look at what the average person pays over retirement for their Medicare Part B, yeah, uh, which comes right out of their Social Security check, and by the way, if you make a lot of money, yeah. you'll pay twice as much as your neighbor because there's, there's two-year back testing on the income means for, for Medicare. Bitter. Because um, I do make a lot of money. Yeah, kind of a big deal. And kind of a big deal. And then you, but that's just, you know, you still have huge deductibles on Medicare, so you get a supplemental policy, and then you have policies that cover prescription costs and then co-pay. So the average person is still going to pay, you know, five to 600 bucks a month minimum on average after they're even on Medicare. And that cost is going up at five to 6% a year. You know where the rule of thumb came from? No, actually I don't. It was English law where a man was allowed to beat his wife with a stick so long as it wasn't longer or thicker than his thumb. No, the stick couldn't be thicker than a thumb. So, wow. He couldn't hit her with a bat, for instance. Um, and the judge basically became known as Judge Thumb. And it was, you know, back in the 1700s, English people had this whole satire thing going on where they'd print newspapers and, they'd, you know, turn a whimsical thing into hilarity. Mm-hmm. So, or a bad rhyme. So you were allowed to hit a woman, a wife, with a stick so long as it was no thicker than your thumb. Did an angry wife finally Is that a good him with a pistol? Is that a good rule? No comment. No comment. Just checking. Anything else we need to know? Bad rules of thumb for retirement? Uh, You'll be okay if you draw 4% or less out of your out of a portfolio that's balanced. You'll be fine. Um, there are situations where if you look at a person that retired in 75 
with with that rule, they were fine. But if you reverse the order of the returns in the stock market and the bull market, the bad market came first and the bull market second, yeah. they ran out of money at age 83. So it, you have to have more a, more of an income strategy than drawing 4% or less out of your portfolio. And the, the other one is you can retire with a million dollars. That's fine if you're 65 and you only want 40000 a year of adjusted income for inflation. How much money? A million dollars doesn't get to what it used to. No, not if you're going to. You've got to figure that you have to have enough to live till you're 100. With that said, that CFP Chad Burton, neither he nor myself endorsed hitting a woman ever with stick or without stick. I need to go on record for that, so don't blame your domestic violence. I heard Rob Black say it was okay. I did not say that. You can find Chad Burton at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, we do these wealth preservation retirement seminars all the time. You can find out about the one coming up shortly at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And I do hope you support uh, the show and come on out. Um, these events are fun for me, doing the Walnut Creek event Saturday, 9 to noon, for Creating Wealth, doing the Money 101 angle for basically, I'd like to see the Millennials and Generation Xers. The afternoon's probably a little bit more for the Baby Boomers. You can cut it up that way. Hopefully the Baby Boomers have enough wealth that they're trying to figure out how to preserve it. Hopefully the uh, Generation X and Millennials have enough time and they start saving so that they'll have wealth when they become the older generation. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. You can sign up for the event. Um, this weekend on Walnut Creek at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Um, and, again, it's a good way of me putting a name to a face. Uh, I do this radio thing, and sometimes it's kind of lonely. You know, it's... A solo venture. Uh, I do the show from San Francisco, um, so I don't actually see my board op, who is a good guy. Uh, I do TV, and you know, I write, I edit, I produce all that myself. Which, for the record, uh, I post everything on Twitter. I post everything on YouTube. The YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. The Twitter channel is Rob Black Show. The Facebook page is Cron for Rob Black. K R O N for Rob Black. And uh, I kind of share everything. So the people at Crown, I tell them all about the radio show. The people in radio, I tell them all about the TV show. Um, I'm trying to educate you as best I can. It sometimes works better than others. Uh, hopefully you're doing well. Don't be shy. Reach out. Um, I've got a couple reports that I can send out today and only today if you want to see some reports of what Facebook looks like. Uh, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And again, uh, this is probably going to be my last Saturday event. Maybe we do one more next year. But I'm getting to the point where I want my weekends. So uh, we'll take a break here. You can sign up for the events at robblack.com this weekend in Walnut Creek. Don't forget to listen to the CFP Chad Burton's new Focus on Wealth show from 1 to 2 here on KDOW 1220.
the Major League Baseball kind of made a bit of a mistake in scheduling the World Series. Because they're starting Wednesday instead of Tuesday. They're going to have four of their games going head-to-head with the NFL game. The fifth game will go up against college football games. And Game 7 would compete with a major holiday in which people leave their houses at night. Halloween. They made a mistake. I don't know how. With no other sporting events taking place on Wednesday and two marquee teams involved, Game of the World Series will have a huge television audience. But because it's starting on Wednesday and not Tuesday, the ratings will likely plummet moving forward. And Major League Baseball only has one person to blame, and that's themselves. So there's rumor that Apple is working on a 65-inch TV for 2014 and a 55-inch TV. I found that to be interesting. We've heard this before, so... eh. We're not exactly getting pumped up on it. Uh, Netflix is adding U.S. streamers, uh, consumer streaming customers. It shares up big on that news. They're adding them faster than expected. Now, today they're they're struggling, but that's okay. They don't have to hit all-time highs each and every day. They opened higher, then they went lower. One of the things that I want to throw out there for you, as far as... Uh, you know, Netflix, their viewership now rivals big TV networks. So each subscriber watches an average 93 minutes per day. It makes Netflix larger than any single cable network. If you looked at total times watched in the household, the only thing that's left in its sites, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. So they've had big hit shows. You know, content is content in the world. AMC's, they're getting some more information on Better Call Saul, the spinoff from Breaking Bad, FX, HBO, Showtime. They're all contending with each other. Netflix is larger than HBO with 31 million subscribers. Looks like they'll have 33 million by the end of the year. One of the nice things about it is, is you can write down the name of the company, uh, put subscribers in a column, you know, monthly fees in a column, and you can kind of see where they are on cash flow. It's not a terribly difficult company to analyze because part of what you're analyzing is their ability to secure content, their ability, and again, in 2014, they're adding Disney content, and that should scare the cable world. So people don't feel like they need to have all the content in the world like they used to. You know, 500 digital channels is... 400 too many, in my opinion. But, again, we'll talk about all this and more um, as the days and weeks go by. So, taking a look at the market, oh, there's another company I want you to be aware of. It's Verizon. I like Verizon for a long-term perspective. Data revenues from wireless services can be a strong driver of revenues and profits. The convergence of all telecommunication services onto a single network will be a competitive advantage. Timing of fulfillment of these predictions, it can be distant. Like, it doesn't happen as fast as we want. Do I want a 4G connection to my car? Yeah. Do I have one right now? No. Do I want the ability to listen to anything that I want from my home collection in my car? Yeah. Is it there yet? No. Verizon's got a great fiber optic network. It's truly a single source vendor. 
internet, TV, phone service, cellular service, all being integrated onto that network. They've got some cost efficiencies from converging telecom services onto a single network. The average revenue per user is continuing to go higher. Margin expansion driven by the data revenue segment, since incremental use of the system is scalable. So I'm not telling you to go out and buy it. I'm telling you that I find them attractive for their dividend. And someone has to bring us content, whether it's Netflix or, you know, smartphone stuff. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. One analyst this morning is talking about Apple's impending new product announcement and saying, you know, there could be a game changer in a 13-inch iPad that has a keyboard attached to it. And that would allow people to, you know, basically have a full functioning computer. Um, it's not really, you know, 13-inch iPad running 64-bit iOS, quad-core processors, 8 gig of RAM, built-in 256 solid-state drive, detachable keyboard, somewhat similar to Microsoft Service. That would be a full-fledged laptop replacement. It would be big demand for a device amongst corporate customers. It would also calm critics who are fearful that Apple has stopped innovating. I don't know if we get it, but something today other than an iPad refresh is expected. Apple stock trading a little bit lower this morning, uh, down 3 bucks. The whole market opened up big, and the whole market kind of collectively sighed. Uh, uh, right now, we've got the SP500 up 8. Uh, the Dow's up 66. The NASDAQ's up 7. Big open up, big gap up, closed down, uh, went down, starting to work a little bit higher. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got two events coming up this weekend in Walnut Creek. One of them is a Money 101 All Things Financial. It's my last Saturday event, and it's the only time I got to the East Bay this year, East East Bay. Um, so I'll do one more next year in Pleasanton, uh, but probably a Thursday night, probably not a Money 101. So this is your big chance. Uh, don't blow it. Money 101, all things financial, in the morning from 9 to noon at the Marriott in Walnut Creek. I'll teach you everything you need to know. I'll teach it in a fast and furious kind of way. Hopefully uh, some of it sticks to you. In the afternoon, it's a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning with CFP Chad Burton. He will be running that event. It's for people who have accumulated wealth. Probably most of you baby boomers are older. Uh, a couple Generation X, but mostly baby boomers. So if you want to know how to manage your wealth, it's perfect. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Tell friends, spread the word. Take care. Have a good day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.